many ever feel like your happiness leaks out? Sometime I'll go into prayer and I'll have a, a great time of prayer and then it's like uh, you spend a couple hours or 20 minutes, whatever you have, and you get filled with the Lord, and you get filled with faith, and you get filled with joy, and then you get out in life and it's like somebody just uncorks something underneath you and it kind of drains out sometimes. So we've got to develop some habits that we can use and practice through the day because how many know that God wants us to be happy all the time? Amen? So today, open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 18. And uh, there's five ways that we often lose our happiness. And, and one of them is fearing that we'll fail. Fe feeling that we'll fail or we just can't meet that expectation. The second thing is fretting and fighting over small stuff, that can rob us, that can take away, that's a joy killer. And then another thing is sometimes we feel guilty or we feel ashamed. And sometimes we forget the promises of God and that can cause that. And then the other thing is we can be too self-absorbed and self-focused. And when we get self-absorbed or self-focused on a situation or ourselves, my wife will always say, Brian, get your eyes off yourself. And put your eyes up on Jesus, and it'll begin to change just like that. But as I read today, I just told you things that often takes our happiness. But as we read our text today, I want you to see if you can pick out, or if you can hear the antidote, or what can help you through that time as we read the scriptures today. So turn to Philippians chapter 2. I'll be reading out of NIV 12 through 18. It says, Therefore, my friends... Have you, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, think about that, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. How many say it's easier to obey when people are in your presence, but when everybody's gone, you're like, eh, in the absence. But he said, continue, as Braden's working with my headset, please, continue to work out your own salvation. Look at this, with fear, I want you to circle fear, and I want you to circle with fear and with trembling. And it says, for it is God who works, everybody say in you, to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without what? Grumbling or complaining, okay? So that you may become, here we go, blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. How many say that's true? It says, I love this, I love this right here. It says, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. See that? As you hold firmly to the word of life. And then we'll be able to boast on the day that Christ, that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad, look at this, here's the happiness, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you, so you too should be glad and you too should be rejoicing with me. Somebody say amen. So we see the five antidotes for the five problems here. But it says here, a key verse here, to me this is the key, it says you must continue, everybody say continue. You got to practice it, you got to continue with it, you got to continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, with deep reverence or humility. For it is God who works in you. Everybody see that? So we work out our own salvation, but it's God that works in us. 
It's God that works in us, and he gives us that will or or the desire to act and do his good purposes. You know, even when we put a puzzle together, the puzzle pieces are all there. But we have to take those puzzle pieces, and we have to work out the puzzle. And we have to put the puzzle together. So the puzzle's there. It's like Christ has already worked it in us. It's inside of us, but we got to work out what Christ has worked in us. Just like a puzzle, we have to work it out and put it together. You know, when we go and lift and do exercises at the gym or something, we all have muscle. We all have the ability to exercise, and we all can do that. It's, it's already there. It's in us. It's there. But we have to go to the gym and do what? Work it out. So what I want you to get a revelation of today is that God has already worked in you what he wants to do through you. It's already there. That which you are facing, that difficulty, that situation, that character flaw, that hang-up, that habit, whatever it is, God has already worked that answer in you, and now we're working it out and manifesting it in our physical walk. But it says, so, so I want you to see that God works out what, what he's already worked in you. And it says with fear. That fear in the Greek. When we say in the Greek, it just means that um, uh, the New Testament was written in the Greek. And sometimes the translation or the words, I like some of the other words. And so I look it up in the original. But the fear means this. It means anxious heed lest you be, lest you be defiled with the wickedness around you. So when it says that you're working out your salvation... It's with an anxious, in a good way, it's with an anxious, like, an anxious fear like you're, you're, you're seeing all the wickedness. You're seeing all the corruption around you, and you're so wanting to not fall into that. So you're fearful, and you're reverent to God, and you're like, I don't want these things. I want to keep myself pure to you. So that's what that means. And then that trembling is this. Here's the trembling. Because you see what you ought to be, and you see what you want to be, and, and, and you're fearing like, oh, man, I'm anxious that, that, that uh, can, I, can I do that? Can, can, can I do, can I work out what's worked in, what's in me? But then this trembling comes in. This trembling, it's an anxious distrust in your ability to complete or meet that requirement of God. That's where I'm at. I mean, I, I, I want to live pure and I want to live I want to obey God and I want to do that and I see the corruptness all around me I mean it just invades my it's in my space how many say this world's in your space it's in your circle and you want it so bad and you're like oh man I want this so bad but then you're like you distrust yourself and you know that you're limited by your abilities and you know that you're limited by, by, by what you can do. And you, and you see times that you've had a good attitude and a good concept where you're pushing forward. But you see all the times that you haven't been able to accomplish that which you wanted. You kind of miss that mark. And that's why we've got to see this key verse today. Because it says it's God working in you. It's God working in you. There's a rest in God working in you, giving you both the desire and the power. And we're going to talk about these all day today. The desire and the power to do what pleases him. So the first one, five workouts to have a happy heart. The first one, the first one is remember that God is with me. He's with me, he's in me, and he's for me. 
No matter what I'm facing, then I'm never alone. And this scripture says, for it's God that's working in you. And, and that, that uh, working in you comes from the Greek word energos. And it's God is being the energizer. You know, sometimes, uh, so sometimes when, I, when I have a habit, you know, the reason we have a habit, if we, got, if we be honest with you, the reason we have a habit is we like it. It gratifies our flesh. Um, sometimes we have a hurt. Sometimes we have a hurt, we have a habit, or there's something that always trips us up or hangs us up. The reason it's so important to know that you're never alone and that God is working in you is he gives you an energy. He gives you an, an he's an energizer to where, where you can't deal with it, he energizes you to be able to do it. Guys, do you know the Puritans used to, the Puritans, when they were set on the United States, they used to go around and they'd say, Lord, give us tears. And what that would mean is they would say, Lord, give us a heart to where we hate what you hate, to where we love what you love. And those habits and those desires that we're prone to, God can take that desire that you have to do the things that you know aren't best for you, he can change that desire. He can even change your desire for your spouse if you've lost it. He can change your desire and your outlook at the work that you look at. He can change the desire that you have. If you've been hurt in relationship, he can change that desire to where you keep burying that thing that hurts you. And it can come up and he can, he, he can give you the desire and the ability to face things that are, you haven't been able to face. And this, and this too. And the power to be able to walk through it. That's amazing to me. He'll do that with my hang-ups. He'll do that with my hurts. He'll do that with my habits. So he's with me. He's with me. And he's not just with me. He's not just in, he's not just in me. It says he's, he's, the first one says God is working in you. He's not just in you. He's with us. Jesus said in John 14, verse 18, it says, I will never leave you as orphans. I'll be with you. And he said, I'm going to send you another comforter. Comforter has this amazing word that's called parakletos. And what that means, that Greek word, it means that one that is sent alongside of you that is with you at all times. So we know that he's with us, he's in us, and he's also, everybody say he's for us. He's for us. And I want you to write down Romans 8.31. It says, if God is for us, if God is for us, Everybody say, who can be against us? Who can defeat us? So, so the first thing I want you to do when you're remembering your happiness in that, that key verse is remember that God is with you, he's in you, and he's for you. Here's the second exercise. The second exercise is remember the fretting and fighting over the small stuff? Here's the antidote. Here's the antidote. How many fret? How many fret and we fight over the small stuff? Here's the antidote. Be grateful. The word says be grateful and never grumble. To me, that's a very hard habit to, to break because I think human beings are negative by nature. It's something we have to be intentional. And we're conditioned by our culture to just be negative and think the worst. And really, that goes clear back to Adam and Eve. They were, they were excusing their selves and they were accusing the other person. Is that true or is that not true? Oh, the, the woman you gave me. I'm excusing myself, and I want to say it was that woman you gave me. That woman you gave me. And the woman says, let me excuse myself. It was the serpent. So, so that's in our nature. 
And we have to break that. If we're going to break grumbling and complaining, is we've got to realize this, that, that, and we can't, we can't just excuse. We need, to, we need to not excuse and excuse. But the Bible says do everything. Everybody say everything. everything. Without complaining and arguing. So that no one can speak a word of blame against you. Whew, that's tough. You know, there's four kinds of complainers. And you, I don't know if I put this in your insert or not, but there's four kinds of complainers. One, there's whiners. Whiners. These kind of people wake up negative. They wake up and instead of rise and shine, it's rise and whine. Sometimes I wake up grouchy. And other times I just let her sleep. <laughs> oh, Grandpa, would you be proud of me? And you guys have been with us forever. You know what I mean on that. Ed Hempel used to say, sometimes I wake up. Never mind. Anyway, but whiners, they just stay, they, they stare in the space and they focus on the bed they're like etern internally broken and they want to drag others into that level and that place where they're at because it makes them feel better that somebody's being in their pity party with them. They don't put any effort into anything in their life because they just want somebody else to do it for them. You know, if you're going to get where God wants to go, you have to realize that you and God are the people who's going to care and who's really going to get you to that place that you want to be. You can't let other people do it. At some point, you've got to pick up yourself, hook up with God, ask him for some desire, ask him for a power to do the things that pleases him, and gut up on these things. And then, then there's martyrs. Their favorite phrase is, no one appreciates me. You don't understand. Remember that, Mom? You don't understand. We are the biggest critic. You know, when we talk about Mars, we're the biggest, biggest critics in our own lives. If we just stop attacking ourselves, I think people that feel unappreciated and feel like nobody understands is I think they are people. If you want to get down to the root of that, if you're here today and you're thinking nobody understands you and nobody cares, it could be this, that you're attacking yourself and you'd, that, that if you'd reduce your judgment on yourself, if you just try to reduce how hard you are on yourself, that you might have a happier life. You know, we do that to ourselves. How many has got to go out and see the Lion King yet this year? Anybody seen Lion King? Amen. Simba, you've got to remember who you are. You've got to remember who you are. And brothers and sisters, when you feel like you're being martyred, nobody cares or nobody understands, Always remember, Simba, you are a child of a God, and what else really matters? Amen? Then you got cynics, and their attitude is, what's the use? Why even try? Oh, man, I've been there before. It won't even make a difference. You know what? People that are cynics, they are exhausted people. You've tried over and over, and you've worked so hard, and you get no results. The tools that you're using, they just haven't been the right tools. And, and they think the answer is to try harder, work harder, to find the, the answers. But maybe we're finding the answers and we're finding the word. And we're going to get at that in, in just a minute. And then there's the perfectionists. And that's people that it's never good enough. And we're going to get on that in a little bit further in the sermon when we talk about our conscience. So when we're looking at these ways, the second one is to never be is to be grateful and to never grumble. 
and that God gives us this desire in our heart to be able to do that. I love this scripture, and you might write this down, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, in everything, I want you to look at circle in, in everything, give thanks. Think about that. In everything, give thanks. This was always hard for me to see, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And you're like, God's will that somebody was raped? God's will that somebody was, it, it died in a, in a drunk accident? You kidding me? That's God's will, leukemia and cancer and all this stuff? All these horrible things that's happened? We're to rejoice and, and, and be glad in that? Notice it says, in everything, and it doesn't say for everything. It's not for everything. We shouldn't rejoice when, when hurt and harm is being, it's not for everything. But how many know in this life that we all suffer tribulations? We all suffer problems. And, and, and even one of those that, that I just said, one of the bad ones when you get into rape and, and molestation and, and some of those things, I've even had that happen to me. But God can heal the brokenhearted, and he can take people through things, and I don't give thanks for that, but I give thanks that God took me through that. In that time, God is enough. If you're hurting today, I want to tell you that in this time that you're hurting, if you'll turn to the Lord, he's enough. If you'll turn to the Lord, he can give you a peace that surpasses every understanding. If you'll give your heart to the Lord and allow him, he can give you, he can take your broken heart and he can heal it. He can give you forgiveness for people that you think you hate and you're just, you have the cancer of hate and bitterness in your heart to where you can't love and, and you can't be loved because we hang on to this. God can give you both the desire. He can give you the desire to forgive, the desire to go past this, the desire to move on with your life, and the key verse, and the power, and the power. We got to remember that he's with us, he's in us, and he's for us. We got to remember we can't grumble, and we can't complain, and, and we know that God's working everything for my good, and that all things work together for my good to them that love God and are called according to his purposes. I want to encourage you today. Be encouraged today. God is for us. Number three, third exercise for a happy heart is keep my conscience clear. Dude, we got to do our best to live clean. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says to test everything and hold on to the good. You know, sometimes you don't even know if there's some things that, 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 that you're not sure if, if, if it's a good thing or an evil thing for you to be in. I'm telling you, there's some things in my life I, I'm not real sure on some of them. And you can get with some people because everybody's got their list of what right and wrong are in their eyes. But, but, but that's why we work out our own salvation. Because it's different with everybody. It's different with everybody. Don't pin your stuff on me and I'm not going to pin my stuff on you. Work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. But we can all say this. That if we're entertaining or we're involved. If we're entertaining or we're involved in things that God has dealt with you about. He might be, there was a time when God said no TVs for me. And I took all my TVs and pulled my pickup up 
and threw them on the back of the pickup and took them out to the junkyard and threw them away. But I don't stand up and say, all you guys need to take your TVs and throw them in the back of your truck and take them to the junkyard and throw them out. That's something God was dealing with me about. There's things God's dealing with me about that he's not dealing with you about. Quit, guys. This church has got to never. It's got to stop if we're doing it and never let it happen. Don't put your own stuff on other people. Do what God's told you. Who made you the authority on everything? And if you want to start getting legalistic with me, I'll give you 613 commandments and tell you to keep them all. Because the word says if you've stumbled in one of them, you've broken them all. So, so don't get too high-minded here in this thing. It's grace, baby. Grace, grace, grace. It's grace. It's grace. It's grace. So, 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 so with that, so, so, so with that, when you're doing something that God has asked you not to do, you know it. And that's what I mean. If you want to be happy, you got to keep your conscience clear. And your conscience is staying clean to what God's talked to you about. Pure's the best. Pure's the best. If he's talking to you about something and you fail in that situation, you're going to feel that failure. It's going to take your happiness. It does me. And then for that to return, i got to have a little talk with Jesus. And after I have that little talk with Jesus, it's a little talk. And I don't sit and wear that for days. Because I know that when I confess my sins and I ask him to forgive me, that he is faithful and just to forgive me for that. And he has not called me to walk and feel like a lump of logs and horrible about myself and beat myself up and condemn myself. He was chastened. He was chastened. His chastisement upon his back was for my peace with God. And by his stripes, my relationship with God is healed. So, so I give that. I give. And that's why if, if you want to study conscience, uh, read Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10. It talks a lot about conscience. How God can purge your conscience from evil things. From things that are messing you up. So on this point, I want to keep it simple. Having a happy heart is just keeping your conscience pure before the Lord. Even today, the, even today if, um, when I was getting ready for church and stuff, the, the, the enemy was like condemning me for a lot of stuff and always, you know, making you feel rotten about yourself and stuff. And, and, and I, I'll just, I've learned to stop. And I'll say, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. I am in Christ. And if your Bible goes on and says, who walk not after the flesh, that's not in the original Greek. In the original Greek, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. It says, for the law of the Spirit has set me free from the law or the requirements of the law that I can't fulfill. And death by when I don't fulfill them, or you just feel that death. So keep your conscience pure before the Lord. And you guys can read the scriptures. I don't need to read them to you, but, but that is Philippians 2.15, Psalms 1.19.1 and 2. Is that in your writings? And Psalms 32.1. But you're going to see that all of those say that if you keep your conscience clean, you're happy. You're happy. You're happy. 
And what I like about, I do want to read Philippians 2.15 just a little bit. It says, you live clean and pure lives as children of God in a corrupt and broken generation. I love this. It says, then you will shine like stars. How many want to shine for Jesus? Amen. Make that. Number four, exercise. Memorize God's word and live it. I'm going to hit this one quickly. Everybody say hand illustration. Everybody say hand illustration. Hand illustration. Now, everybody say this with me. Let's say uh, Philippians 2.16 together. It says, hold, say this with me, hold tightly to the word of life. Say that again. Hold. Everybody do that with your hand. Hold tightly to the word of life. Now, let me tell you something. If you just, I'm going to give you five things with the word. You can't just hear it only. You, you, you're not going to be happy by just hearing the word on Sunday. To me, that's like trying to hold on to a Bible with your pinky. Now, let, let me see if I can hold on to this Bible and hold on to this word. With my, I can't do it. I can't, you can't hold on to the word by just coming and hearing. E- even podcasts and stuff where you're hearing a little bit more, that helps. So you have to hear, and then you get two fingers, you hear and read. Now, if you hear and read, you're getting where you can hold the word of God a little bit, put that scripture back up, with two of them you can hold, so you're hearing and you're reading, but then you're hearing and you're reading and you're studying, that's where you you, you take and you you take one scripture and you just look at it, you don't try to read a whole block, but there you're starting to get a better grip, and then after you study, memorize the word, Guys, I'm 51 years old, and I still carry cards in my pocket, and I pull them out through the day, and I memorize God's Word because it keeps my mind in the things of the Lord. Memorize His Word. Let the Word, don't don't say, oh, I can't memorize. I'm too old for that. Don't say those kinds of words. The Bible says to believe in your heart that that which you believe, you will speak it. No, you can remember the Word. You can believe the Word. You can hear it. so, So we hear it. We read it, we study it, we memorize it, and we meditate on it. Now, some of you are very good at meditating already because you worry. Worriers are the best meditators I ever learned. We need to study worriers. They are awesome meditators. They are awesome meditators. So worriers, we change our worry to the word, and and the way you've been worrying Get your mind on the word, and you're going to be an amazing meditator. Somebody give it up for the Lord. And then the last one, the last one is I want to use my life. The fifth exercise is I want to use, man, we can grow by this. Guys, we can really be happy. We really can be happy. Uh, We can use our life to serve God by serving others. Jesus said, If you insist on saving your life for yourself, you will lose it. In other words, if you're self-absorbed, self-occupied, everything you do is your schedule, your convenience, your timeline. If you're doing that, if you insist on everything you do is for yourself, you will lose it. Only those who sacrificially give your life away. Guys, this is one of the things I want us to practice this week. At least once, at least once when you want to serve yourself, remember this sermon and let's get better and serve someone else. Let's just do it once this week. I mean, 
we don't do it 80 times. Let's at least do it once, and then next week we'll do it 10. And as we keep practicing, we're going to get better and better every week for the Lord. It's a practice. The Bible says, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, he's like a man that builds his house upon the rock. So when you sacrifice to give your life away for the sake of the good news, that's when you really know what living is. You know that song we sing, This is Living Now? When we start not living, Jesus says when you, when you wake up and see, he says when you'll finally wake up and see that it's not about you. It's not about me, myself, and I. When you start seeing that it's about others is when you're really going to find what you're looking for. But as long as you keep looking at yourself and you, 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 and you focus on that, serving gets your eyes off yourself. Serving gets your eyes on something else. It, it, it helps. I remember one time I was really, really, really sick where I didn't know if I was even going to be able to preach. This was at my second church. I was in my 20s. And um, praise team. I was in my 20s on the, on the second, in my second church. And, um, and I remember, I, I didn't even think I'd get through the sermon without upchucking. Sorry. But uh, I was like, man, I feel sicker than a dog. That's a country term. I don't know if you guys say sicker than a dog. All right. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I remember I just wanted to be prayed for. And I just want to either go home or I just wanted to be prayed for. And I preached. And I didn't throw up. Actually, it felt pretty good preaching. Maybe preach the fever out. And then I was like, why do all these people come forward to be prayed for? And back then, the preacher prayed for everybody. And so I'm like, holy smoke. And all these people, and, and the Lord was like, you go serve them, and then I'll serve you. And I went and served them by praying for them all. And when I was done, let's go get some ice cream and all-you-can-eat Chinese food. Uh, you na- buttered popcorn. Come on now. I'm feeling the anointing now. Milkshakes, milk duds. Come on, cheese curls. All, I mean, puffs, all of them. Yeah, baby, no tums even. All right. So, give your life away. This is the fifth and secret thing of a happy heart. And Paul said that I will rejoice when I lose my life. And everybody say this, I pour it out like a liquid offering. I pour myself out like a liquid offering. And what that means, actually, if you guys want to read in 2 Samuel 23, that's where this comes from about being poured out as an offering. And that's where David was a type of Christ, and his men went and fought through the battle to get him some water, and they came back. They, they gave their life, and they came back and said, Lord, the water you wanted and, and it was so amazing that Jesus said, that David, which was a type of Jesus, said, I won't drink this. I'm going to pour it out as an offering to the Lord. Guys, when you pour your life out and serve, it's an offering. It's an offering to the Lord. It's an offering to the Lord when you serve in the nursery. Chris It's an offering in the Lord when you guys are out there serving in the parking lot. It's an offering in the Lord when you serve your children. It's an offering in the Lord when you serve your wife. It's an offering to the Lord. Who wants to worship the Lord more than four songs once a week? 
Hey, you want to worship the Lord more than four songs on a Sunday? Seriously. Then give your life as a worship. I want to challenge you with two things today. One is where do you sacrificially volunteer to serve others? Where can you serve? And two is, is your heart growing more generous every year? You know, something Carmen and I say is we want to we be generous. We want to exhibit generosity because we know that generosity spurs happiness. And we talk about what we give of our time and our talents and our finances. But every year we want to give more to the Lord. Amen. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed and eyes closed. You know, before beginning any regular exercise program, if you have an exercise, they always say, go to the doctor for preconditions. You know, we need to go to the doctor. Before you start trying to be happy, before you start these five things, we need to go to Dr. Jesus, who is a heart specialist today. And he, he, you know, he, he even makes house calls. He's here today. He never loses, he's never lost a patient. He doesn't charge on anything, and you don't have to wait in line. He's right now, and he specializes in you. Ooh, I feel the anointing on that. Jesus specializes in your heart condition today. It doesn't matter what it is, what disease, what you're going through, that, that you think you need a specialist or you need something else or you need something more. I'm telling you that King Jesus specializes in your heart. And what he's best at is heart transplants. The Bible says that I will give you a new heart. And with a new, I will give you a new heart. And it's going to have new and right desires. I will put a new spirit in you. I will take your old heart that's hardened by sin. And I'll give you a new heart that loves Jesus. Right here, right here, right now, with every head bowed, if you need a heart for Jesus, if you're sitting here and you're saying, I don't know Jesus, and I need a new heart, my heart has been hardened with sin in this world. I need a heart that desires God and His Word. I need a new spirit, a new outlook. With every head bowed, <coughs> if that's you, I want you to pray this. Father, in Jesus' name, give me a new heart today. Take my old heart away. Give me a desire for you. Give me a desire for your ways. Lord, I need to be happy. I, I'm, I'm miserable most days. I need new desire, new outlook. I need a new spirit. I'm tired. And I want you to say this, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Ooh, I felt that. Come into my heart. Say that. Say, come into my heart. Come into my heart. Bring your desire. Bring your power. And say, cleanse me from my sins and purge my conscience of the piece of junk that I feel that I am. Right now, purge my conscience. Say that. Man, I feel tears are streaming down cheeks right now. Oh, there's tears going down cheeks right now as the Holy Spirit's touching you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you prayed that prayer on the count of three, I want you to stand up. And then everybody else is going to stand up. One, 
two, three. If you prayed that prayer, stand up right now where you're at. And then everybody else, stand up with them. Stand up with them and let's rejoice in the Lord today. Let's rejoice in the Lord today. Let's rejoice in the Lord today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Do you happen to have a song we can go into?